Get fired up for another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. With filthy mouths and bad attitudes. Featuring Chris. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Also featuring Parker. Yes, there's no two ways about it. He's super white. And our special guest, Alex. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. Entire production supervised by Bigfoot. Now, let's join the boys for their latest episode. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. My name is Chris, with me as always is Parker and Alex, and we watched The Come of All Queers, at Some of All Fears, by Tom Fancy. So, uh... Just, uh, delete this. Delete yeah. <laughs> yeah, 0 for 2. Taking half the jokes here. Alright, well, uh, Fancy Lad wrote this book, and then they turned into a movie. They couldn't get Alec Baldwin, they couldn't get Harrison Ford, so next best thing was Ben Affleck. I guess this is our, this is our third Ben Affleck in a row, right? Somehow. Yeah. <laughs> The movie I, why that, did we do this? It was a good question. Uh, I said it, and you're like, yeah, that's pretty good. And I was like, all right, cool. Yeah. That's not really all a whole taste. lot to say here. Look, but, we uh, had to kill a week to get to Megan, and that's just how it goes. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Megan's the important thing right now. The sum so. of all fears, the movie that dares you to ask, Russia? Really? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> all right. You guys know what year this is, right? Okay. Yeah. Whatever, hey, uh, old man. Yeah, we'll get to that in a bit. Oh, yes, yeah. sir. 2002 was a good year for people going, Russia's a bad guy? <laughs> it's it's so cool that this was just like done filming when 9-11 happened. And they couldn't put any of that jingoism <laughs> in this movie. Right, yeah. Tom Clancy, or as I know him, the Cold War is over, old man. Get over it. <laughs> well. Sorry, tell your dad, sorry. Oh, yeah. Uh, any other news? <laughs> Look, there's been news. Uh, Jeremy Renner almost just died today, which is kind of funny. But there's something I read a couple weeks ago that I've circled back to, and I'm glad I circled back. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, cast your minds back. I'm sure it was posted in the Discord multiple times. Of uh, Pitbulls mauling staff and students in a Missouri school attack. <laughs> now, this is funny enough because it conjures up the image of a little of the kids outside on recess and Pitbulls just jumping the fence and going ham on them. <laughs> Correct. Like, it's already funny. 21 people hurt, 18 are students, 3 were teachers. By the way, <coughs> the three of you, what the fuck? You have an endless supply of human shields. <laughs> but the thing is, see, this time I clicked on it and I read the entire thing. And what I learned is not all of the injuries were caused by the pit bulls. <laughs> Several of the people were injured in the melee that followed. <laughs> People were going so fucking nuts trying to outrun these pit bulls that they just beat the shit out of these kids to this And I've been thinking about it all day long of some poor fucking like 22 year old making 30k a year just fucking stiff arming that kid like Mac Jones in front of a pit bull to get inside. And you know they locked the door behind them. Okay, Parker, I looked it up, and according to this article, it said, the dog in the back barked everyone attack, and it turned into a ball pit. <laughs> so. It's just a bunch of kids out there playing kickball, and it turns into a fucking nuke scene from Terminator. <laughs> 
these fucking grown ass teachers just <laughs> tie their shoelaces together to avoid getting mauled. Now you're all in big trouble. <laughs> there needs to be a pit bull kill streak. Just put that out there into the world. They get been calling an airstrike. Push me higher. Do you hear UAV online and you just hear keys jingling? <laughs> just substitute runs to the door like, no. Nope. Incorrect. <laughs> Imagine three of the kids holding riot shields trying to keep the pitbulls up. <laughs> okay, I want Jeremy and uh, uh, Sally's last pick. And he just sprinkles, no! <laughs> forming a phalanx against the pitbulls. <laughs> Operation get behind the fourth graders. <laughs> Some fucking seven-year-old doing the Leonidas speech as the pitbulls. <laughs> My jerk of the week is the three adults that somehow got injured with all that fresh meat ahead of them. Do you, no, do you think they were, like, trampled? The, the, they must have been trampled by the, the little kids or something. It's like the fucking the scarab scene in The Mummy. <laughs> it's just... It's World War Z when the bodies are piling to get up. It's just a swarm of kids. They formed their own kid ladder. <laughs> Oh, the, the dog's counter with like a dog oh, megasword. Right. <laughs> we'll have a yeah, screen. There's other news, can. but I've been thinking of this literally all day long. <laughs> Just imagine yeah. the different scenarios in which the kids have to band together, lock arms, and run at these pitfalls. Yeah, I you know I have to admit, kind of sad whenever kids are hurt. You know, teachers too. It's, I guess it's not really. Whopper, yeah, whopper, grow- whopper, <laughs> whopper, junior, double, triple, whopper, it's our new sponsor. <laughs> I can't stop thinking about just a bunch of the kids in Podunk, Missouri playing outside and then just over the horizon. You see them barreling towards you like fucking apocalypse now. I, the I, was gonna say, I like the exactly fucking idea. I, I, I like the idea Literally that they're exactly writing. Like, <laughs> I like the idea that they're riding horses, though, alright? They got, they got, like, ground cab, okay? I like the idea that they have, like, domesticated little kids that they ride around on. Like, we don't use these for food. This is this is my human steed. Uh, this All is right. Trevor. He's grass-fed. Free race. <laughs> Alright, well. Playground two table. Folks got him. Alright. I guess now it's time for our Jerks of the Week. Oh, fuck. I can't believe you've done this. I'll go first. Here I got a, a double whammy Jerks of the Week. Uh, siblings, actually. The Wachowski sisters for inventing the Matrix that got, that got uh, Andrew Tate arrested. That's <laughs> absolutely disgusting. How, 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 how did they know? Yeah, it's unbelievable. The man just wanted some pizza. And, other and also to do some... Allegedly. Your for a sex appeal. Respect any and all decisions of the Romanian government. <laughs> yes. Please don't arrest us also. Oh, I, by the way, also in news, I don't know if this applies to you guys. Uh, you think about going on uh, to one of Bill Cosby's shows? You know, he announced a tour. <laughs> Our first car- live episode from the parking lot. <laughs> we could open for him or... Look, somebody might end up with some Dragon Balls by the end of this season. Okay, you know, hang oh, on. Well, that's... That is not within his power so, to make uh, me go see Backup jerk of the week. Uh, you doubt each other? Oh, 
never. Oh. He, do you think Bill Cosby used Dragon Balls to get out of the uh, accusations? He used something. Goddamn. Yeah. Who are your jerks of the week? Uh, my jerk of the week is the place we went bowling on New Year's because all of us selected bumpers and there was nary a bumper to be found. Still mad about it. How are you supposed to do trick shots? Exactly. That's, trick shots are the most important part of bowling. Exactly. Because they, they decided to like rent lanes like when we were on the way there, so we had to do it first. So it's like, well, we have to fucking pound these drinks immediately to get ready to bowl. Yeah. And then the bumpers didn't come up. That's how my New Year started by like just yeah. whiffing gutter ball after gutter ball and almost tripping over my giant clown shoes. Disgraceful. Oh shit! I need a jerk of the week. Don't I? <laughs> um, uh, it's the Cheeto Man. Oh, good choice! Wow. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll get into what we watched recently. I watched a show that. I fucking wish I could have grown up with. I didn't watch all of it, but I... Man, this was on when I was a kid, and I only saw, like, a couple episodes. I didn't really get it because I was, like, four years old or whatever. Space Goes Coast to Coast. This show kicks ass. Man, now I get what you guys are talking about when you say, I like to do weed. Like, this is the <laughs> perfect show for it. <laughs> yum, yum, yum. Yeah. I... You know, if I had had a second TV growing up, it would have been in my room. This would have been on all the time. It was really funny. They got interviews with a lot of guests I didn't think that they were going to get. Uh, they had Joel Hodgson on there from MST. I was like, damn, these guys are down with the cause. Uh, it's How really did they funny. Get him? He was, <laughs> MST was big back then. MST was, was uh, surprisingly kind of big. But they also got actual celebrities. They got uh, Penn and Teller on that same episode. They got Slash, who was not cooperative. He was uh, not happy yeah. to be there. <laughs> Why would you have Teller on a cartoon show? He doesn't talk. Well, that's the thing. is, It's like, you know what Space Ghost Coast Coast is? like the ERV show yes. with a cartoon. All right. Uh, I guess everyone knows that. Yes. So he just so he just does like the the pantomime thing there, and it actually works really well with uh, what the cartoon thing is doing. I don't know. I thought it was funny. So because like none of those like none of those interviews are really done straight. You know, they're supposed to be comedic anyway. And I like those little side things. Brack is uh, mercifully not very active in the show as of right now. Brack, yeah, <laughs> on site with Brack yeah. since I was yeah. a child. I fucking yeah. hate Brack. Parker's not a big fan of Brack. Uh, <laughs> Don't sense. say Brack people. Cut that. Cut all of it. Uh, Delete the episode. Uh, he think that's a new cold open. That's racist against two different races. <laughs> uh, I, I also want to say now I now I finally have context for when uh, when Parker's mic was fucking up and his voice is like extra deep and Alex was like, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. "Oh, hey, he sounds like Voltar." Like yeah, <laughs> you really did, dude. I was like, I'd pull a little lever. I, I will say I, I like this show so much. That I was thinking if my current thing doesn't pan out, which uh, I hope it keeps panning out the money's too good i would love to work at adult swim that sounds like a lot of fun it's really creative you know that that looks really cool to me so you should ask everyone who works at adult swim because they, oh, they don't like it oh was there like a, a union thing i missed out yeah, on not a lot of money going their way for these 12 oh. minute episodes oh in that case i'm just not gonna fucking well i mean like i'll work with a network so i'll be like with the big boss okay the fat cats and the, once you the, know that the wealth trickles years. down Every time you uh, mention producer Bigfoot, I mentioned Bigfoot in a Boltar costume pulling it that, That's yeah. perfect. Yeah. That is that's, correct. That's what I'm doing now. Yeah. I want you to know that. Yeah, that's that's what I'm going with. Um, there's something else. Uh, you know, we mentioned Apocalypse Now, and there was a YouTube series. I don't usually watch, like, film analysis things, because, like, 
I don't need to analyze the films. I'm, I'm already kind of smart. I can just watch the movie and know what it's trying to say. Uh, but this wasn't really an analysis series. It was more about the making of. So it's not it's not quite a documentary like the making of uh, Apocalypse Now because they already have a documentary about that called Hearts of Darkness. It was directed by uh, Francis Ford Coppola's wife. This is a sort of behind-the-scenes stuff they didn't talk about in the documentary. There's a lot of interesting stuff about how it relates, all the difficulties, behind-the-scenes footage that didn't make it into the documentary. I really liked it. What I am waiting for is the next part here in which, uh, hopefully, this guy... He, this guy hinted that he's going to get to it. He just hasn't made the video yet. He's going to make a video about Colonel Kurtz, the uh, basically the MacGuffin of the movie. He's going to talk about Marlon Brando in this role. And I would love to hear his defense for that because... Uh, Marlon Brando is part that notably Alex and I don't like very much about this movie. And, that uh, piece kinda, of shit. Yeah. Kinda, <laughs> <laughs> it's you know there's a. Lot of <laughs> 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 oh man. <laughs> okay. So uh, oh, by the way, interesting thing in the uh, that whole series, they mention the subject of uh, that book that Alex recommended to me that I actually bought. It's sitting right next to my bed right now. Uh, the Kid Stays in the Picture. Oh, you bought like, that? Cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah let I, me know when you read that. You're going to fucking love that book. Yeah, I, I only read like the first chapter so far, so I'm not that far into it. Um, but it's really, really good so far. Like, And I'm going to get to that in a little bit, too. I've got more to say about it. But I've actually been reading... Uh, it's weird to talk about books on a movie thing, but I'll just do it quickly. I finished uh, the first two books of the Kingkiller Chronicles by Patrick Rothfuss. The first one is The Name of the Wind, maybe the best fantasy book I've ever read. And the second is uh, The Wise Man's Fear, both excellent. And the third one has not come out. It's been 11 years and people are starting to get George R.R. R. Martin vibes from him. And now I'm kind of like sympathizing with like every single time that like Yell Cyclone would be like, give us the final book, you old fuck. And I was just like, hey, like, come on. He's already one of the greatest writers in American history. And now with Patrick I'm like, you fat bearded asshole. I want to know what happens next. Give me the doors of stone. So highly recommend those two. Those are excellent, excellent books. And, uh, Pat, if you're listening to this, and I know you are, no hard feelings. You know, take your time. Just make it good. Okay, uh, actually watch the movies. I actually went to the Alamo. No exceptional individual report, uh, because... Uh, next movie. Yeah. Well, maybe. <laughs> it depends on your interpretation, because either you think this guy was, or you think he was... Or you may think he was just old. Or you may think, no, that guy's actually really cool. So, this is a movie that I had wanted to see ever since I saw the trailer. Uh, and I was like, okay, not a lot of opportunities to see this. This is probably not going to be in theaters for very long. It's not making a whole lot of money. This is a little movie called Babylon. Uh, it was released internationally as Babylon. <laughs> so oh, I'm so glad you fell on this grenade. I want to. I was it. thinking about it. So bad, dude. <laughs> this movie is, uh, in my opinion, not very good. So uh, you may have heard similar reviews. <laughs> this is uh, this is the movie I watched on New Year's Day, by the way. This is how I spent my New Year. <laughs> now, uh, how do how do I best put this? I, I'm going to get the positives out of the way because there are actually a lot of positives. The performances are excellent. Margot Robbie is still an exceptional actress. I love watching her, and she's very good in this. And it's not an easy role to play. Uh, you got Brad Pitt in here. Brad Pitt still doing really well. Uh, I I liked watching him. I. I actually think my favorite performance in the entire movie, though, was Tobey Maguire. Tobey Maguire's in this, and he's so much better at facial acting than everyone else in the movie, which is kind of wild, considering Margot Robbie's in there. And 
when I'm looking at him, I swear it's not like, oh, you know, nostalgia, you remember him from the Spider-Man movies. So it's like, even if I didn't know who he was, he'd still be the most memorable part of the movie, and it's just because of his performance. I really like that. So the music's good. I like the music a lot. I liked, uh, the direction is... When I say direction, I I've, I mean like the staging, the shots. There are some very memorable camera angles in here, uh, and it's really tough to keep all of this together. And now for the negatives. What do I mean by all of this? This three-hour movie, okay? So the basic idea here, because I don't really talk about the plot moves. I need to do that more often. I'm going to do it here. The basic idea is this covers the span of Hollywood movies from 1926 to about 1932. It starts with this huge party at some guy's house in 1926. A big famous director, played by Brad Pitt. And everyone there is doing drugs and fucking each other. And an elephant's in there. Oh yeah, in the first ten uh, minutes of the movie, an elephant shits all over the camera. Trying to give you a little idea of what's to come. Now, the person I was... The guy I was sitting next to was there with his wife. And they were both in their 80s. And I was like... Oh boy, I hope they're having a good time. I used to make uh, pictures back then, honey. Yeah, see, that's the thing. Is like, so this is directed by Damien Chazelle. Damien Chazelle, the guy who did La La Land, he did Whiplash, he did other stuff. I don't feel like looking up right now. Like the guy has some credentials in Hollywood, and this is not a love letter to cinema, not in the slightest, for a couple reasons. First of all. It feels more like that letter you get that's like eight pages long from your ex-girlfriend describing all the ways that you suck and she hates you and she wishes you would die and she's going to kill you in six different ways and stuff. Because uh, all this stuff is, I guess it's trying to promote the image of like, yeah, Hollywood used to know how to party. But this is all very obviously fictional. You can say, yeah, oh, people used to do cocaine back then. Yes, they did. That's very obvious. That is documented. But they didn't do it like this. And they didn't talk like this either. There's a lot of anachronisms in the way they talk. Everyone's saying fuck and shit. They say fuck more than they do in Goodfellas. But fuck wasn't used that often back then. And it wasn't used in the way that they were doing. They didn't dress like this back then. And it, it wasn't like this. And I like movies that are about movies. You know, I, I think that those are great. And I like books about movies. I, I love what I've read so far of The Kid Stays in the Picture. If you want to read about movies, you should read that book. Don't watch this. This isn't going to tell you anything that, you, that you'll that you learn would be in any way accurate. You're much better off uh, watching uh, Singing in the Rain, which is about the transition from silent to sound pictures. And they actually have the unmitigated audacity to show that in the movie. And they have a couple scenes that rip it off and everything. And, and it bothers me because just watch that movie instead. And the other thing that I, I don't like about this is this isn't actually a movie that's about movies. This is a movie about a party atmosphere. And that's just boring to me. I think it's a little bit more interesting when you actually focus on the movie. Because there's like one of those stupid heartfelt scenes which Brad Pitt says, you know, movies are magic. They mean something to the common man. And the people watch them. They're not lonely anymore. It's like, yeah, but you're not really doing the movies. You're just doing the stuff behind the scenes. And it's not as interesting. And every single time there's a good scene or a great scene, it's kind of taken out of it because it's just trying to be over the top. It's trying to be maximalist in ways that other movies can can work out. Everything Everywhere All at Once did maximalism and it worked out fine. This movie can't do it. It's just stuffed to the gills. And it feels like it's constantly missing the point. And I wrote this up in my letterbox review, and maybe it's a little bit long, but it, this matters to me, okay? 
go back to the jazz singer 1927 that was the movie that introduced sound to um uh movies technically see before this movies actually did have uh, sound you'd have someone maybe playing a piano or an organ or if you had a lot of money you'd have actually a live orchestra and everything usually for dw griffith uh, movies and once people figured out that oh you could have you could just like put a, a song on a record just play that in the theater you could you know do that for your stuff and then people realize wait sometimes people have words in songs we call them lyrics and you could actually have someone lip sync to that and you would have the appearance of someone singing that's the opening of the jazz singer and audience saw that and they were just like oh, okay that's cool you know never you know that's nothing new to us you see a person singing hear a person singing the incredible moment is the next thing that al jolson said he said wait a minute folks you haven't heard anything yet and that was like a collective gasp in theaters across the nation like oh my god people can talk in movies charlie chaplin is fucking dead and it, it was a huge thing they show that in the movie and they completely screw up the timing. People are going nuts during the opening song. That's not the way that it happened. And it feels like the movie is constantly missing the point. Or if it's trying to make a point, it's like constantly screwing that up. If if the entire point of the movie is just like, yeah, 1920s Hollywood, they knew how to party. It was like, that's not interesting enough. That's not cool enough. You know who else knew how to party? People the people in the mob. And thus you have the Goodfellas, which is a much better movie because it makes a point about something. So I don't recommend Babylon. I think this is... Uh, I, look, I, I just think it's very poorly uh, done. Which is a shame because there are some good performances in there. And uh, I think it was a big waste of time and a big waste of money. So uh, no recommendation there. Uh, report back soon, don't worry. Yeah, uh, you did HBO nothing Max. to dissuade me. Yeah, yeah. everything well, he said is like, yeah, I should watch that for free. You're right. Okay, yeah, for free. Yeah, do that. Okay. Uh, I I was going to go see the whale afterward because like I didn't have anything else to do, but three hours in those seats, I was like fucking killing my ass. I, heard I didn't that realize too, you were gonna <laughs> you were gonna invite him to the McGarry <laughs> <Yeah>. Discord. <laughs> <laughs> no, so the, I actually had a thought about the whale. It was like go watch it at the Alamo and just order as many pizzas and candies and milkshakes as possible. It's <laughs> like so and like really like get into the picture, you know? <laughs> yeah, who would do that? But for watching. <laughs> What a fucking idiot! Yeah, it's Who called immersion. The usual. I mean, <laughs> is that where you get the bill and you're like, "Oh, I thought this was like a buffet thing." Yeah, I thought this was <laughs> like a movie was, party. Like, Who else yeah. is fucking? <laughs> I might do that. I don't know. I'm fucking <laughs> the person, like bachelor party. <laughs> some, some person like like the server coming out there looking at me, looking at the screen, looking at me, looking at the screen, <laughs> just raising my eyebrows. More, more. <laughs> All right, speaking of really stupid ideas, uh, remember Jeff? The, he's a stupid one. He's the one who doesn't like Halloween 3. Uh, and he keeps trying to uh, convince me that, no, Adam Sandler movies are actually kind of good. Well, uh, I got him They Live on Blu-ray for Christmas because I'm trying to get him to like a good movie. I am so close. He's got to <laughs> like this one, right? Because he loves professional wrestling. He's got Roddy Piper in there. He has a shotgun. What could go wrong? He hasn't watched it yet, so I don't know. But he can't leave a gift, you know, he can't be even, right? So he gets me a Blu-ray of Talladega Nights, The Ballad of Ricky Bobby. Hell, Hell yeah, yes, dude. dude. Hell we yeah. love Jeff on this show. Now, Jeff, let me tell if you're you listening, I love you and support you and I will be your friend. I won't judge you. I won't look down on you. So Come here's on. the thing. I watched it and I was like, well, that was a hell of a lot better than Babylon. It's <laughs> <You know? laughs> also pretty good. I watched it yeah. a couple months ago. It still kind of slaps. Yeah. I, so here's the thing. Like, 
I think this really fits the the niche of like moron comedy really really well. There's some good ass jokes in here. The whole like the baby Jesus thing at the table that was fucking cracking me up. That was really good. Uh, Amy Adams plays every man's dream in this movie. Thank God she's in here. And yeah, I gotta admit, there's a couple Will Ferrell yelling too much things. Some of this stuff does stretch kind of far, like when he's just running around in his underwear yelling. Like, that wasn't so good to me. But the scene where he stabs himself in the leg with a knife, and it's like, oh, he, and then he screams, he's like, oh, I guess I do have feeling in my leg. Like, that's not funny. What's funny is the second joke, where like, we'll, we'll pry it out with this other knife. <laughs> using a secondary knife to dig the knife out of his leg is good. That John was really C. Riley cool. calling about his house being haunted is an incredibly good. Oh, that was so fucking good, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, here's the thing that gets me about Will Ferrell in all the Will Ferrell John C. Riley team up comedies. John C. Riley is the real guy. Like he's the one that I'm paying attention to. That guy is like actually really fucking funny. Uh, I wish he'd get a little bit more attention, but you know. Uh, for a while, it was like the Will Ferrell thing. Will Ferrell was like the guy in all the comedies. Uh, this is okay. This is actually pretty good. Now I know where the memes come from. I don't think that those are the best lines in the movie. Uh, I, I, I guess I kind of like, don't put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. But uh, Oh, those little kids, by the way, have some of the funniest lines in the whole fucking movie. <laughs> the kid just not falling saying, yeah, I threw a bunch of chips on war medals off the bridge. It's an incredibly good joke. <laughs> <laughs> this is just so a shot crushed. of the death face. <laughs> <laughs> so proud of you boys. <laughs> I think oh. about the ghost just yelling, get out, all the time. Because it's never referenced ever again. <laughs> The other one I like is, uh, towards the end of the movie, he marries some hot chick who's, I, I, at the beginning of the movie, he marries some hot chick, and, which does have a good line where he's like, please be 18. <laughs> anyway, at the end of the movie, she's like, oh, I've decided to let you back in my life. He's like, uh, yeah, no, I don't like you anymore. And she's like, are you really willing to give up these? And, uh... He's like, oh, no, those are incredible. So Amy Adams, and, like, by the way, all the guys he made, like, pull out their cell phones to take pictures. I'm like, oh, that's pretty funny. Amy Adams goes by. She also flashes him. And that one guy, the bald guy, he gets in there. He's like, hey, can we get one, like, together? Uh, okay, we're good. <laughs> I thought that was very good. Uh, yeah, Talladega Nights, The Ballad of Ricky Bobby. Better than Babylon. <laughs> I believe it. Yeah, all right. Also starring an SNL cast member. Oh hey! Oh my God! Does that was that one of the ones I had? I have no fucking idea. Right, doesn't pull. count. Doesn't count. Oh no 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 no! It, it definitely counts. That totally counts. Are you okay. sure it's not and on a list somewhere? Yeah. Don't say I never did anything for you. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much for this whole thing. Uh, anyway, uh, only one more that I watched. Uh, oh, I didn't have an SNL cast member. Yeah. Oh well, congratulations oh. anyway. <laughs> I, instead, I just watched a good movie. This last one. This is one that has been talked about a lot in, like, Oscar commentary for the year. People saying Kate Blanchett's going to win Best Actress for this movie. It's called Tar. T-A with a little accent thing going R. Hey, you uh, said they weren't sitting next to you. What the fuck is, buddy? Waited ten minutes for that. Abby. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, have you guys seen this movie? No. Okay. I mean, uh, come on. I, I'd I'm like gonna, to, but come on. Yeah, you, you know, you say that. Can you give me a chance to spoil the end of this movie, please? Just because it's worth spoiling. You're the editor, absolutely. You can say whatever okay. you want. Though. All right, cool. Just, I mean, it's for you guys, fucking. And anyone who's listening to this, I'm going to spoil the ending of the movie Tar, which I will get out of the way right now. Is a very good movie. 
I maybe in my top ten. I don't know. It's it would be like kind of lower the list, but yeah, Kate Blanchett gives a good performance, mostly because people keep saying, yeah, she's really good. This they don't really talk about the performance. What makes it so good, I think, is the volume of dialogue that she has to deliver. She does a great job with that. Uh, she seems to know what a conductor does. The basic story of the movie is that Kate Blanchett plays Lydia Tarr, a uh, an Austrian composer and uh, conductor. She's one of Negat, and she's composing and conducting these big symphony orchestras in Berlin and uh, we get to see a few more details about her life. Now, the movie is two hours and 43 minutes but it really paints this complete portrait of who she is. Story as it goes. Uh, she's a lesbian by the way. This is important uh, but sort of in a minor way. Uh, she has uh, in the backgrounds revealed in dream sequences and flashbacks uh, she had a protege uh, slash love interest named Krista and Krista really wanted to be with her but eventually uh, Lydia got sick of her and cast her away and then blacklisted her from all these different orchestras and everything so as the film uh, goes along Lydia is basically getting me too'd right now uh, for you know, ruining this young woman's career and Krista actually kills herself things are getting a lot tougher on Lydia she's like deleting all these incriminating emails Towards the beginning of the film, she's teaching at Juilliard, and there's a, a young black musician, and she says, what do you think of Bach's work, Johann Sebastian Bach? And uh, he says, well, as a BIPOC, you know, you know, whatever thing, is like, I don't appreciate it because he was a straight white male, and, and she's like, you're not really getting the full picture of him, you know, this is important to do. At some point, someone is videotaping this, and they selectively edit this in what I have to say is kind of a clumsy way. It was maybe the only part of the movie I didn't like. They selectively edit it to make it look like she was like abusing the guy and being like a real dick to him, and she was humiliating him in front of everyone. But while you're watching it, you're kind of thinking he probably had it coming. Uh, she does come across as tough to work with, but she also comes across as one of the most important musical figures in the world. But. As the details about Krista's suicide and her involvement with Krista keeps coming out, which, by the way, she is cheating on her wife. Lydia Tarr is cheating on her wife with, uh, or trying to cheat on her wife with this uh, up-and-coming uh, musician named Olga, who's very attractive, and she's, like, kind of wanting to get with her in kind of, like, a clumsy way, right? So, eventually, uh, all the people on, I guess, the music board of the world find out about all the stuff they confront her with it and she gets kicked off her own orchestra and everything and she's not even allowed to uh conduct her own score and she kind of goes apeshit on this she's losing everything that she has you're seeing the world crumble around her and she actually goes nuts and she goes to the stage she like sneaks into the performance and actually tackles a guy on stage and, and beats him up and tries to compose while everyone's saying oh she's clearly lost her mind it turns out she's not even fucking Austrian. She just knows German. Her uh, her brother actually visits her, and she's got nowhere else to go. So the end of the movie, which I have to spoil. This is a very, very serious movie. There's no lapse in the movie to this point. She goes to the Philippines. That is the only place left for her to go to conduct. And uh, very, very small uh, welcome there. The streets are dirty and it's raining all the time and guys are making passes at her on the street and you can see how far she's fallen. She goes to a masseuse parlor slash brothel and, uh, you know, all the girls are, are like lined up there just like her orchestra was. She chooses a, a number for one of the girls out of a glass bowl and the girl who she picked looks up at her with the same look that Olga looked at her. She runs outside and she pukes. And then we see 
her conducting again. She gets to conduct. This is her, her dream. This is her goal. This is her life, is conducting. And as she's conducting this Filipino orchestra, three screens come down. And you see, like, this logo for, of, like, a, a battle flag of something. And he, you overhear a voice giving, like, this... Uh, heroic monologue you look out to the audience and everyone's dressed up like fucking monster hunter she's doing a monster hunter performance for monster hunter cosplayers and it is such a i laughed really hard but this is a really good ending this is like look how far she has fallen she's doing a fucking monster hunter performance this is like the lowest point of her life that I, look, I, it's probably not supposed to be funny. I was laughing fucking hysterically at this. It was one of the funniest moments of 2022 was that little moment right there. <laughs> so uh, I do recommend Tar and because uh, it, it's worth all the other stuff too because it's not just... People are, are putting this in the context of hashtag me too or cancel culture or whatever and I think all those people are kind of missing the idea of like a person is... If you want to paint a complete picture you really got to get like all the details of their life. Not just oh, do the good and the bad, but, like, really look at the sum of what a person is, which is kind of one of the things that she was saying about Bach. Uh, but, God, that ending. I did not see fucking Monster Hunter coming in there. It's one of the most insulting things I've ever seen. So, uh, yeah, this is a decent week for movies. Uh, Alex, what would you the, watch? The Monster Hunter people are so fucking weird, too. Dude, like, yeah. Why that I game? Know, yeah. Why that game? I don't I, understand. Uh, Dan, if you're listening, uh, come on the show and explain it to us. <laughs> I... Anyway, I'll uh, I'll try to go quick here. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'd actually never seen Spirit of Away. Somehow. Oh, really? yeah. What'd you yeah, think? I just I, um, you know, this like might sound dumb, but like one of the things that I really appreciated about that movie, because like that movie is like it's very like crowded and cluttered. Like there's a whole lot going on. Mm-hmm. I, I one thing that I really like about that movie is that like every single thing that like you know just gets sort of dropped after it's introduced and never resolved in any way is something I couldn't give any less of a shit about. Like, it it, it felt... The way that movie feels... I don't know if I'm articulating this right, but, like, the way that movie feels, like, cluttered with ideas and stuff and kind of, like, filters the ideas that aren't that important out for you is just, like, not something that I'd expect from, like, a children's movie. And I, I was, like, like really really staggeringly impressed with it like i i mean like i know those movies are good like i'm not breaking ground here by being like oh my god i watched one of the better studio ghibli movies and liked it but like i i was i i didn't realize that these movies were that good i kind of thought they were just like you know baby movies i can't say much because uh uh, my girlfriend is obsessed with them. They're all on HBO Max, so I've seen yeah. large chunks of literally all of them, but I've never really sat down and watched them start to finish. Uh, to her dismay. Yeah. Is uh, are, are my Studio Ghibli takes well-known on this podcast? Or have they been of course done? they are. But feel sure. free to. You know what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. new I'll, year. I'll, yeah. Fucking you know break your neck. Let's get the shoulders I'm, up. Let's hear it, buddy. I'm going to take a step back from Spirited Away. The first time I saw Spirited Away was at my grandmother's house in Rhode Island, and I actually liked it. I thought it was pretty good. And then the second time I was on, my brother was like, oh, hey, let's watch it again. And I was like, I already know what happens. And I didn't like it as much when I already knew what happened. And then my brother got it on DVD, and he and my sister kept playing it all the fucking time. I got really sick of that movie. And That's fair. I, I will say that I've I've probably reacted poorly to a lot of Studio Ghibli movies uh, as a result of not just that, but like Howl's Movie Castle, uh, Princess Mononoke. No, I, I thought it was called something else. Yeah, <laughs> I called it Bowel's Moving Asshole. And there it is, I called folks. It, he still got his fastball. 
And Princess Monkey Nucleosis. So, uh, which Michelle did not like. Uh, so, but you know, one of the other things is Alex. Did you watch it subbed or dubbed? We watched it dubbed because for some reason the subtitle track wasn't there, and like uh, we couldn't flip it over. Yeah. Uh, so I found that I I actually hated Princess Mononucleosis when it was uh, dubbed, but I loved it subbed. So, or I, I at least liked it subbed. I at least appreciated it subbed. The, I don't hate all Studio Ghibli movies. I will say Earwig and the Witch can suck my dick, and same with Grave of the Fireflies. Don't start none, won't be none. But uh, I, I really liked uh, Castle in the Sky. I thought that was a good movie. And Hayao Miyazaki's first movie, I think, was um, Lupin the Third: Castle of Cagliostro, yeah. which is a pretty fucking Yeah, okay, I did watch that one uh, start to finish. Yeah, that movie owns. Yeah, that's yeah, a good that one. Um, but, like, are there other good ones out there? I don't know. I, what was it? The, the My Neighbor Totoro? That's all right, I guess. I, um, s- I can't escape that movie. Yeah, I, I do know that Hayao Miyazaki is uh, apparently a real asshole. So, uh no good. desire to good for him. him yeah well you know aren't the well, best if ones my, <laughs> if my shitty fail son kept making these dog shit movies I would also chew him out constantly yeah that's, that's Earwig true. and the Witch all my homies hate Earwig and the Witch dude that fucking movie that she movie was li- I was in the other room I just hear that can't be it it's, you've gotta be kidding me <laughs> it's seriously dude it looks like a, one of those general insurance commercials like she uh, can watch Ponyo like once a week oh, for a year not get sick oh. of it that movie push her to the limit of like it it just started what is this yeah exactly heated ponyo i do not like i have to admit i, I did watch that one dub maybe the sub version ponyo is a movie for fucking baby no offense to the little lady but i she can't knows. stamp ponyo. she knows how i feel about it there's that a was reason the one, we haven't done them all because i know it's on the list I'm my like, brother was like yeah, so know. into them my brother was like oh man these hayao miyazaki movies fucking rule he was getting like all the dvds and then he got ponyo and then he didn't buy any more he was like oh never mind <laughs> i gave him a movie. shot i'm like i'm gonna go back to the anime i like which of course is uh gundam dubs from 30 years ago right yeah. i i think i mentioned this on the podcast before alex joined it was uh one of the fucking translations for the song they sing at the end you know, Ponyo, Ponyo, fishy in the sea oh, or whatever. One of the one, remember one of the verses. One of the verses goes, "Yum, yummy, yum. I smell a treat." And <laughs> <laughs> so, Alex, if you want someone to watch with a little lady next week, you know, that's that's right there for watch you. Watch most. <laughs> also, also, it's got Liam Neeson in a role he really shouldn't be portraying. It's fucking the voice doesn't match. the Oh character. yeah, that's right. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's the I wild thing because like, she always puts the dubs on because. She's seen him yeah. 30 times. You don't have to read him. And I'll just walk there and be like, is that... Why is Christian Bale doing his American Psycho voice? And I'll look up and see this cute little cartoon castle. I'm like, ah. Yeah. Interesting. Well, whatever. Spirited Away is almost certainly the most beloved of all those movies. Uh, there is that scene with, like, this, like the, the train or whatever. It was just, like, her and Silence sitting next to No-Face. And everyone's like, yeah. yeah, that's meant to represent her growing up. I was like, oh, I thought that meant she was waiting. I'm freaking... <laughs> Maybe I do need film analysis on YouTube for these things. Uh, I guess, yeah. Buck, buckle in. You gotta watch it a 12-hour uh, yeah. Spirited Away breakdown now. Yeah. Oh, the only re- thing I remember for that movie that I really liked uh, was at one point it was like, oh, you've been cursed. Put your fingers together like this. Evil be gone. My brother and I were doing that to each other for like a week. So... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know. The animation in that is really good, but it's like a it's, little. It looks fantastic. It's, yeah, for me at the time, I thought it was like a little too good. Like it looks so much better than other anime, which is just like that limited animation style that they were doing that they ripped off of Hanna Barbera. 
it's it's good. It almost looks like bulbous in a way, especially in that movie. And I was just like, oh, this isn't really pleasant to look at. So that's me whining about things. You want a good anime? Street Fighter Two, the animated movie. Which Parker, you need a video game movie. That's the one. Oh my um, God, thank you, Alex. Sorry for monopolizing that. Uh, what else did you? Oh, watch? by all means, any and all tangents are appreciated. Yeah, I mean, not by you, but you no, know, the rest of us. Yeah. <laughs> um. So for for whatever reason, like. She's just, like, picked, like, four or five different Brendan Fraser movies from, like, the late 90s, early 2000s for us to watch in the past, like, I don't know, two months. So we watched one that I'd never heard of before called Blast from the Past, which is a movie where uh, uh, back during the Cold War, Christopher Walken is a paranoid, like, uh, doomsday shelter builder guy. Uh, He goes downstairs, like, check something, or, or, like, they hear an alarm or something. They go down the bomb shelter, and, like, a plane just randomly crashes into their house. But they think that nuclear war has happened. So they spend the next 35 years in the bunker where he has a son, who is Brendan Fraser. And then the doors open, and he has to go up to the surface, like, fall out and interact with people from the late 90s. Which is very hard for him to do, because he's just such an earnest good boy that's lived in this bomb shelter his whole life. And uh, this movie's fine. It it's it is a perfectly serviceable romantic comedy. It does exactly what you expect from a movie of that era, starring the people that are in it. And uh, I think I now, after these past couple of months, realize why Brendan Fraser stopped getting work because like this shtick gets pretty old pretty fast. Like we get it, dude. You yell all your lines. Like thanks. I, I I'm good. I don't need any more of this. But uh, you know, good for you for getting to play a fat guy. I saw that in theaters as a kid. Really? Oh, I've never even heard of this. I mean, that was a classic. Well, this is PG-13, and we, oh, right. you know who these people are. This will be two I'm hours. Yeah. Out. I don't know. In the Texas sun and the air conditioning. Uh, Absolutely. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's fair, yeah. A perfectly, perfectly fine family movie. Nobody's going out of here, you know, angry. Like, I would say that it is like, th- these aren't really similar movies, but like, it's like Bruce Almighty. Like it's like a PG thirteen oh, yeah. movie that you can like you can take your ten year old to and it's not a big deal and yeah it's fun for the whole family whatever be a couple like, risque just... jokes but like ah she's yeah. too young she want to get them and she right, exactly. she asks I'll just say I'll tell you yeah. when you're older yeah you're fine yeah. man I haven't thought of that movie in forever yeah <laughs> um all right what else we got here uh so you know earlier I watched the movie that we're doing for this episode the sum of all fears it ends. Prime video pops up with the, you know, the thing it's going to autoplay next, and it's the Chris Pine Jack Ryan movie. And I'm like, you know what? I've never seen this. I don't think anybody's ever seen this. Like, let's just go ahead and continue this Jack Ryan watch. So, uh, this movie starts off with uh, Chris Pine on a college campus, uh, goes up to a TV, sees 9-11 happen, uh, <laughs> sma- smash cut, smash cut to 18 months later, comma, Afghanistan, where he is now on a helicopter. <laughs> so that's the kind of movie we're dealing with here. Um, his helicopter gets shot down, manages to save two people with a broken back. Um, you know, has to do like his super long rehab thing, learn to walk again, where his rehab instructor is Kira Knightley playing an American for some reason. Um, I, you know, she's one of those actresses that just, like, kind of stopped being in things and you forget about. But it's like, oh, yeah, this was probably, like, a big role at the time. Like, and, uh, I, I mean, I don't want to be mean to, to Keira Knightley at all, but, uh, you can't do an American accent with those teeth. I'm sorry. You just, it's just a dead giveaway. <laughs> what, it's what just year, a dead giveaway. What year was this movie? 
like 2014 like oh yeah something like that it was it's like after you know like when she was doing the pirates movies and shit like she was still like you know like around um yeah man this movie uh kevin costner is prominently involved um strike three yeah (laughs) uh like the whole fucking thing uh he's so you know as in all of these movies i'm finding uh there's some line about how he's just an analyst i guess it's a wink and a nod for all of the jack ryan book fans who are invested in the jack ryan extended cinematic universe and every single one is delivered like gary sinise saying the name of the movie last week (laughs) 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 it's it's just like you might as well just fucking stare in the camera when you do it uh but like he's so he's got to go to russia because he's uh the the military put him like back they sent him back to get his phd that's right he dropped out of a phd program two-thirds of the way through writing his thesis to go serve our country in afghanistan uh so that's the kind of character we're dealing with um so they send him back and they have him like analyzing russian crimes because also this one's the russians again in 2014 i think we just said whatever yeah yeah you, you want to say it felt dated in the other movie that we're going to talk about. Like, Jesus, this. Just add on another 15 years. Um, the, like, the the B-plot of the movie is that, like, he can't tell Kira Knightley that he works for the CIA unless they're engaged legally for some reason. Uh, so he just, like, keeps trying to get her to marry him, and she won't do it, because she thinks that he's cheating on her, so it's just, like, her following him around, and then finally, like, at the fucking hour mark, he's like, yeah, I'm in the CIA, and then she just becomes part of the CIA mission for the next hour. It's very perplexing. I I can't say that I understand a fucking thing about how this movie gets from point A to point B to point C, despite being super, super simple. And then in the third act, he just turns into Jesus, and he's just like... Ah, yeah, go over here. This guy's doing this thing at this spot. Now I'm an expert on this other piece of technology. And, like, his real fucking Sean McVay head just, like, solves all the world's problems, then everything's fine. Uh, not a recommend. Turns out, this movie is fucking dog water boring. And credits roll, and you see, directed by Kenneth Branagh, and you go, yeah, that makes sense. Oh, oh, really? (laughs) Man, that sucks. Yeah. Yeah, my top pick for a sweet action oh, excuse me, action thriller is a Hey, you made that shitty Thor movie. You want some yeah. more money yeah, for some yeah. reason? Oh yeah, he's also the bad guy in this. Oh no he, okay, well, yeah. that answers that question. Sense. Yeah. I, I mean it, it's a given. If he's directing, he must also be acting in it. Right, exactly. God damn, man. Stick to Shakespeare. It's it's cool. Like yeah. you don't gotta get out of your comfort zone. I remember you liked him in uh Murder on the Orient Express. Yeah, I feel like if I watched that again, I wouldn't like it as much. Yeah. But, uh, eh, you know, it's one of those movies. I never oh, saw the second one. I, I, the second? I meant oh, to. yeah, the, the Nile. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah, just I, sat in hell forever because Disney bought them and then all of the stars were, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> Eating each other. But, yeah, um, so for some reason that wasn't enough Jack Ryan for me. Because after that, I was like, up next the jack ryan tv show with office gym i'm like "Eh, fuck it let it play um so this is i know that much has been joked about john krasinski in this role in general 
But you can't fucking tell me that John Krasinski is this brilliant data analyst that works for fucking State Department. Like, he's just the most regular guy ever. When he's just, like, on the phone shouting out the answers to the Jeopardy game going on in the background, like, I don't buy this from you, Office Jim. It doesn't work. Like, you're too fucking normal. Yeah, that's a good point. He's just the most normal person that's ever existed. Like... <clears throat> you can't do that character in this show where I'm supposed to suspect that you're like the world's leading genius on Yemen. Uh, so his whole thing as, as he uh, tries to work with his uh, new boss who you know doesn't know whether to trust him or not is he's convinced that there's this mystery cleric that's uniting the Shias and the Sunnis. Uh, so... That's where we're at in this plot of this fucking show. Uh, by the way, eight episode seasons? Are you fucking kidding me? How how do they have three episode seasons of this? It's a fucking procedural where he goes to like some country and gathers intel. Like, what the fuck? What is this? That is uh, not for me. You're right, yeah. It is not for me either, and yet I have like 22 more episodes to get through, so... Oh. You have to get through. Yeah, I mean, well, you have to finish, right? I, I mean, in theory. Some of these ads during football season have made this season seem really, really fucking stupid in a I way agree. that I kind of want to watch. Whopper, so. whopper, 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 <laughs> double that wasn't the ad break. Alright, well, I didn't watch the Harrison Ford ones, so uh, we can go ahead and move on to Parker so, now. Yeah. I, I've seen them before. Yeah. Like, it's, I'm it's trying to see them at some point. <laughs> I'm sure I thought I watched them, but it turned out I watched The Fugitive on TV. You know how it goes. It's all the same fucking. All movie's these movies so fucking good. Played it on is a good movie, team yeah. my whole childhood. I'm like, what's a? Is this Jack Ryan? No, this is U five seven. Yeah, I don't fucking care, man. It's fine. I'm sure they're all fine. I'm sure they're not all about Russia. Yeah, but they are. They're uh, all about Russia. I think, except for this one, apparently. <laughs> So uh, I rank in the new year watching Superbad because it's incredibly Hell good. Yes. The question I pose is like, do we find it timeless just because like it's fucking perfect? Or is it just because it hit at the exact right time for everyone in our age group? And will people five years younger than us go, this is fucking stupid. Why are you laughing? Because I think it's fucking perfect. So I, I, it's hard for me to say whether younger people will like it or not, but this is a movie that a lot of older people I know that, like, can't relate to the subject matter, like, really, really like. So, I think it's both. Um, I think it's always going to be special to us specifically, because, I mean, I, I can't speak for you guys, but, like, when that came out, like, I only got to go into the showing because they were ID checking, because the I knew the fucking kid that was taking the tickets from high school. Like, I was... I must have been... 16 if not 15 when this came out like I, it just seeing it at that age yeah it's gonna be formative like there's absolutely no way around that for us but I think it's also that good so I, 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 I think think like in a vent like dude have you really oh yeah it was big yeah. it was really oh, yeah. big I remember Alex you said something to the extent of this is years and years and years ago uh, you said something to the extent of like super bad was like the movie where you're like oh yeah that's me in high school and that's like you know just something that you related to I think that's the fucking. reason I, I didn't like Superbad very much when I saw it, is I just couldn't relate to any of the characters or any of the actions or anything that took place. 
I know there was, like, one person of the six of us that saw it that just, like, didn't get it and was, like, mad that we liked it so much and he, like, didn't. And I mean, there so are little like, bring up how much laugh. that movie sucked all the time. Yeah. But, like, uh, I'm not saying that's you. But yeah. I, I, I think that you're not alone in that. But, like, I mean, I watched... When he gets... When he's in the fucking bedroom playing Grand Theft Auto and he gets pissed off and, like, slams the controller down, like... Everything about that line delivery is like, yep, that has happened 500 times in my house. I think the I one just, that really sticks with me was just going, yeah, fuck me, right? <laughs> I absolutely cannot stop thinking you just had to drop like, yeah, I watched this movie about all these fucking losers who can't get laid, and I was like, I don't know anyone like this. Absolutely <laughs> lamest shit I've ever seen. Garbage I, water movie. I'm sorry, I was a jock. Oh yeah. Also, I mean, I saw, uh, we, also people don't forget. The, is, yeah, we still yeah, quote people don't forget. That is genuinely one of the <laughs> timeless lines. lines. Absolutely incredible. It was like six years ago. <laughs> it's like it's like literally one of those scenes where like whoever you were sitting next to in the theater watching it, you like point at the screen and go, "Yep, that guy, that one guy from our school." Yeah, you just say yeah, the yeah, name. Yeah. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. There's like eight of those moments in that movie. That's why I, I, I fucking love that movie. I really it do. Is. Turns out, uh, it's still amazing. Great time. And also, like, the only movie of that era, that comedy that people still talk about, like, when's the last time I talked to someone, I was like, man, have you watched Knocked Up recently? Like, no, no, well, no. Shit doesn't like, happen. No one watches 40-Year-Old Virgin. You know, there was a one that, that there, there was one that was really popular at the time, at least, I think it was popular in my school, but I haven't seen it yet, uh, Pineapple Express. Do people still talk about that? Yes. I don't really do film. I mean, people don't really talk about James Franco so much anymore, so that never deserves uh, yeah. its cause. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I mean, that, that, and that's not like a standout movie either. Like, the yeah. movies that I hear about the most from that era are, like, fucking old school and shit, which, like, almost feels like a different era, because yeah. it's, like, slightly older. Even yeah. though I think those movies are only, like, four years apart. Right, yeah. yeah. But you're right. Like, Talladega Nights, I don't think is quite what I would call the same era as Superbad. And they, those are, like, two years apart. It feels like there was like a split in there. I think Juno was the uh, the bifurcating moment in there. <laughs> Things were never quite the same well, after that. You're the expert. Movie. Yeah, super bad hit. And that comedy's yeah. like, wait a second, we can make like comedies for like that are all rated again, and people will go see them. Yeah. And then that trend uh, got run into the ground hard, and they're like, no one will ever see a comedy again. Put them direct to streaming. Yeah. Great. What I wouldn't give to go to a fucking matinee and just watch like a eighty minute funny movie. Oh well, those days are long gone. I didn't get to watch much, so the only other thing I want to talk about is a movie I had never heard of in my life, and then one of my friends on Letterboxd logged it with like five stars, so I clicked on it. It's a movie called Breakdown from 1997. Never heard of it. I see Kurt Russell on the poster. I'm like, well, let me check this out. Let me see what's going on here. I give it a shot. Guys, this movie fucking rules. Oh. So like, it's... <laughs> It's Kurt Russell. He's going on a road trip with his wife. Um, the first thing you see is the Dino De Laurentiis logo, which is an incredible sign of quality. I'm Good. already, like, buggled yeah. in. Um, Curry gets a little sleepy while driving and almost hits a truck, as what you know, as one does. We've all been there, especially in Texas. You, you just keep fucking driving because they don't play. Um, he stops at a gas station to fill up, change the oil, and that trucker just happens to roll up on him, and he's super not thrilled about what happened. They have a little uh, confrontation. Words are exchanged, but they leave. They hurry out of there. And not long later, uh, his truck breaks down. Totally coincidental, I'm sure, you know. Um, an 18-wheeler stops and tells them uh, there's a diner about five miles down. So the wife's like, look, I'll ride with him. It's just five miles. 
we'll call the tow company from there, and then, you know, we'll all be all set. So Kurt lets her leave, he waits by the car, and he's waiting for a bit. He decides to look under and sees like, oh, someone unplugged this while I was inside. That's why it won't start. Interesting. Well, let me fix that up, drive back into town, gets to the diner. Not a single person there has seen her. No one recognizes her. And that's how the movie goes. That's the setup. It's like another hour of just trying to figure out who's in on it, where she was taken, if she was taken, what's going on. And it is a fucking solid late 90s thriller starring Kurt Russell. It was a wonderful time. Hell yeah. Movie I had legitimately never heard of in my life. And it was really good. But I don't want to spoil it because, you know, it's a 90s thriller. You talk too far. Like, there's no point watching it. I might give this one a shot. It sounds actually pretty good. I love fucking Kurt Russell movies, so. Kurt Russell just going into small town, rural California deserts, getting chased by truckers. MC Ganey threatening him menacingly from an 18 wheeler. It's good stuff. It's what you want, honestly. So, ladies and germs. Has anyone read The Sum of All Fears? I can't imagine, right? No, dude, apparently that... Let me look it up. I, last I checked, that book is like a thousand pages long. Yeah, I was doing like, some research. By research, I mean not reading it. And I learned that that <laughs> book's like 800-something pages. The uh, the bomb at the football game does not happen until almost 600 pages in. <laughs> that makes sense. Oh. That bomb felt early in this movie. We'll get yeah, to it, it did. Right? You know, the thing about it is, like, I don't mind a longer book. Like, both the books I, I said that I read, they're both longer than uh, this one. But, like, you, if this is going to be, like, an action movie or, like, intrigue and stuff, you got to get to it. Because it feels like uh, this is going to be a lot of setup of, like, you have to do this in order to go here, and et cetera, et cetera. So let's get to the sum of all fears. that book ties in like all of the Jack Ryan stuff like shit from all the other books appears and it's just hundreds of pages of like ah Russia's no longer a superpower what about this country what about this country what about tensions of this country and you just read like an entire ass book and it's like also there's a Nazi and you're like go fuck yourself <laughs> fucking hack that okay if that's the case then this uh, this has to be like really different because I'm, I'm reading the Wikipedia right now and in the book, Jack Ryan is the deputy director of Central Intelligence, so a little bit different from uh, just some ben guy. Affleck. See, that's <laughs> the thing is like soft reboot, I guess. Yeah. So here's the thing that, that gets me is like, yeah, I think that's what they were doing because they had had the uh, the first three uh, Tom Clancy movies, and then they're just like, oh, I guess we're going to if we're going to have someone this young, you know, we're going to have them lower level. Here's the thing, when the movie first started and you first see Ben Affleck, I was like, is he working for a fucking newspaper? <laughs> Dude, I, this, this character, I, of all the Jack Ryans I've seen, this is like the least offensive, but also like, I hate this character so much. I hate that for some reason he's canonically a fucking Baltimore sports fan. Like, I don't know why <laughs> I have to deal with this fucking stink, but, uh, I, just, this guy is so fucking annoying. <laughs> By the way, I, I like the very opening of this movie where you hear, like, you know, the snare drum. Then, like, uh, almost with, ooh, as it's, like, bombs being loaded into a plane. <laughs> I was like, is this a movie where I'm supposed to be saluting during this moment? Because Tom Clancy is the writer, so I, I don't know exactly what we're trying to do here. I, I hated having this stupid orchestral music and not having dead Santas laying around everywhere. Right, yeah. That's, <laughs> it, that's it really did took me out of it quick. Yeah. So a question right off the bat, I'm curious. yeah. I'll just start with like the groundwork. How familiar are y'all with Jack Ryan besides 
you know, John well, Krasinski. Well, you just the, heard all of it. Okay. Yeah, the Jack Ryan that I know is I read and watched the movie for uh, Hunt for Red October, and I loved it. And everything else was like skimming through Wikipedia articles for other books. I was like, oh, maybe I'll read the other books, and they're all like a thousand six hundred pages. I'm like, oh, maybe I won't. Because the follow up is, do you would you prefer if it was like a James Bond? It's like, ah, oh, this guy's Jack Ryan now. You remember these adventures, right? Because I feel like I would prefer that more than this weird like soft reboot of like, no, it's a modern day, it's a new younger one, but also we're super worried about Russia. I, you know what? That's the thing. It's like. I guess you could have both, but like I, I, I don't really mind so much who's playing it as long as like the movie's interesting, as long as the character's interesting, as long as they don't retread ground. I just and yeah, I don't I, understand why Jack Ryan specifically is the draw here. Like I don't understand why I'm supposed to give a shit about this character. Like how big is the fucking overlap of the Tom Clancy audience and the people that go to movies? See, yeah, that's I the thing it. is I think that's what the studio executives were like really banking on. They were thinking that a name and a book is all that it takes to sell a picture. But that's not really the way that it works. Yeah, I didn't know Jack I just, Ryan was a thing until all these Prime shows started. Right, exactly. I didn't. I didn't know. I like. I knew Tom Clancy. Everyone knows Tom Clancy. I didn't know that Jack Ryan was like a thing in all of his books. It turns out that's just his recurring character. Yeah, I remember learning that when the Chris Pine one came out because I like I was like, oh, Jack Ryan, that's the guy from whatever. And then I looked it up and I was like, oh, that's the guy from all of it. Okay, yeah. sure. Did Why you know, not? That's that's stupid. Parker, did you sure. know at one point in one of the books he becomes president? I believe it. Yeah, that he, is. He, like, he rises through all the things, and he becomes president of the U.S. An, that was another question I had. Uh, since I haven't, the only uh, thing I know about Tom Clancy is his name being on airport books and uh, Rainbow Six. Mm-hmm. Is he like? Where does he land politically? Because I know like Michael Bay makes a bunch oh. of these movies, and it's very clear. It's like uh, everyone in government's a huge fucking pussy wearing a suit. The real heroes are the troops out there fighting for it. All these fucking. Not even liberals and Democrats. He just hates all of them. They're all these fucking pencil-pushing losers. That's How does my boy Tom Clancy lean in? I bet I have a guess. Well, yeah, I'm a little surprised he didn't know this. I thought it was fairly well known that he is... He was. He's dead now. Uh, Tom Clancy Owned. was, like, pretty fucking conservative. Uh, I mean, I assume if I just... If every book you write is a thousand pages and it's about going to war with Russia, I, I assume... Here's here's an here's an interesting thing. I think you're right that like, towards the end of his life, uh, he was starting to get kind of like uh, fuck Republicans and Democrats. None of them knows or cares about the real important thing, infosec. And everyone's like, okay, Hell whatever, yeah. just get back. To yeah, he's one of those guys. Yeah, he's one of those guys. Oh, uh, libertarian. Okay, cool. So no, not quite libertarian, but I will say that like insufficiently conservative for my dad, who claimed that he was a hardcore lefty. Uh, and will not relent. Well, there you go. Even, even though I told him <laughs> several times, you know, I was like, no, Dad, he was really conservative. If you want an example, let me tell you something. Read, I think I mentioned this when I was talking about the book version of uh, Hunt for Red October. Uh, there's a sign, there's a, a chapter of the book where a bunch of Russians or Soviets are trying to escape to America to escape communism, come to capitalism. And they're so happy because when you turn on the TV, it has movies, and you don't have this in Soviet Russia, or something, oh, some yeah. shit like that, you know, and they're like crying because they finally get to see Barney the Dinosaur and I was like, oh man if I salute any harder, I'm gonna cut my head off <laughs> it really feels like a like a Red Dawn sort of thing obviously I did not follow up on this claim, but uh, I learned in my research that apparently 
if you have the Blu-ray for this, the commentary is incredible because one of the tracks is the director and Tom Clancy, and the entire time <laughs> oh, it's just Tom shit. Clancy telling him that he did a bad job with it, and now he's too much of a Democrat. And now he's that never that sounds a lot and like apparently Tom it is super uncomfortable, and I yeah. I would love to hear it. Yeah, I based on what I've read from Tom Clancy, like the man gives a lot of details. He gets a lot of stuff like so accurate that like the U.S. government was like, Tom, how did you do that? <laughs> <laughs> not some of the stuff in this movie well apparent well hey according to the commentary it wasn't his fault so <laughs> i'm very interested it sounds like he was uh contentious to be polite to i kind of yeah to, apparently like the very last line of the movie is he's like oh yeah you did a good job and that's just how it ends <laughs> jesus he's just doing a jerk off motion he can't see it oh uh. 800 pages of fucking bullshit. Alright, so the story. So, like, there's a nuke, but, like, someone else gets it, and people are sad about it, and, uh, but it's I, actually this... a secret Nazi. <laughs> I, I, I cannot fucking believe the nerve of this movie to start us off in fucking whichever war Israel is in, where they put their only nuke on a fighter jet and fly it around and it gets shot down, never to be heard from again. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's even taking all of the stuff about this that is moronic, like the fact that they got all of their weapons great plutonium from the French, not the Americans. Um, uh, even aside from all of that, it's just like, like the, you, you telling me they lost their one bomb and they didn't try to go get it? Really? <laughs> That's how this movie well, starts. You know, borders are just, you know, it's, they're ever changing. It's it's kind of like when you're playing like uh, like little league baseball and you know like you're warming up, you throw baseballs, one of them goes over your head, and you both kind of look at it like. I'm not getting it. <laughs> Fucking pick up a new one. I guess we're done. <laughs> yeah, leave it out there. Like, but it just stays in the desert for 30 years till the fucking Jawas find it. Like, it's... <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Well, uh, it is suspected that the Russians picked it up. I, I want to give you guys something away here that uh, maybe this is the reason it didn't take a lot of notes. My subtitle file didn't work with this one. And uh, very little of this movie is actually in English. <laughs> this is, there was a lot of Russian in here and other languages and stuff, and I just had to like nod my head along. So uh, I couldn't. Well, you must have appreciated. <laughs> you must have appreciated the scene where Liam Shriver was speaking American to those Ukrainian border guards. Then <laughs> I did like that, by the way. That was very very funny <laughs> to me because like I could basically pick up because like the Ukrainians they obviously look like very scared and they don't really want to shoot this guy. They're like, no, put it down, and he's just like. He's kind of doing like a Kubrick stare at them, and at one point he's like, "Shoot them, kill them now!" <laughs> oh my God, Lee Shrubbery's using his patented pen and stare for Ukrainians. <laughs> well, for for what it's worth, the Ukrainian was not subti- subtitled at all in that scene, so yeah. we were all on the same page yeah. there. Yeah. Oh, also, no, I didn't read half these subtitles when it became apparent. Like, oh. So we know it's not the Russians, but the characters don't. Yeah. How much Which, longer is this movie? Oh, see, great. that's the thing about like uh, you know intrigue and uh, you know political thrillers and um, and action thrillers and suspense thrillers is I, I need that sort of thing where I, I don't quite know what's going on. I want to figure out the mystery and everything, but I know it almost immediately. You know, and also the movies the movie kind of makes a little too clear that uh both these sides are they're engaged in like nuclear uh you know trying to one up each other and and stuff but we also clearly know that neither one of them uh is is responsible here 
And so they didn't really feel like there's a whole lot of a mystery here. I, I guess like find out who actually did it or whatever. Or or I guess the suspense is, will Jack Ryan be able to save the entire world? And I'm like, yeah, probably. They don't usually make I Tom Clancy movies where everyone dies. I don't think these countries are going to nuke each other off the planet, but also, be a pretty bold move. Yeah. I, I will also, say, wasn't Me in the theater, seeing the close-up of the swastika going, hey, what do you think that guy's up to? He doesn't sound Russian to me. Hang on a second. <laughs> I like the idea. Oh, like, what did you? It get, was him. Analyst. <laughs> Just snap. Hey, it's that guy. It's, it's early enough. We can still get our refund. I'm out of here. Found him. There's Waldo. All right. So uh, Waldo's a Nazi. Oh, he's French. Anyway, uh, well, there's there's Nazis of several languages. We can tell because at the bottom it says speaking in French or yeah. speaking in German. Yeah. Um, well, you guys can say mine doesn't do that. I just have to take it for granted. Uh, well, we, we should talk about Ben Affleck in this movie. You say you don't like him uh, because uh, you anything specific about him that you don't like? Besides the fact that he's a Baltimore fan? I, I So he's playing the same character that Ben Affleck plays in half his movies, which is part of the answer. Mm-hmm. But it's... This char- when this character says something that's supposed to be cool, it's delivered like he's a different character. And I find it really, really grating, because Ben Affleck does this all the fucking time. Like He's got like a cool guy voice that he wants to do every time he has like a one-liner or something. And it's like it comes out of a different fucking script. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I don't... Oh, sorry. Good. Honestly, I don't mind him as much while Morgan Freeman's still in the movie. I don't mind their uh, playful banter back and forth. It's yeah, very, that's good. Yeah, very that's good. Sorkin, yeah, that's, and if yeah. I know how passionate you are about that, mm-hmm. as soon as Morgan Freeman croaks, it's just a, uh, who, it's just a lot of him just like yelling at translators, which, uh, you know, not everyone's meant for every role, and that's fine. I think this is one of those things where it's like where you mentioned about Office Jim is like I don't believe this guy is that cool. Unfortunately, I would say the same thing about Ben Affleck. You know, this is a guy who fucking played Batman. I'm looking at you like, nah, I don't really buy it. You know, like this is it's one of those weird things where it's like if I was watching very normal Alec Baldwin in the first one, I would have believed him if he was delivering these lines. Same thing with Harrison Ford. Affleck can't cut it. I I don't know what it is. I don't I'm not like offended by his performance or anything. I don't think it's like the worst thing I've ever seen. But like I couldn't really get into it. Uh, You know, you try and not like suspend disbelief. But as soon as Ben Affleck's like, oh, that that Russian guy, I wrote a paper on him. He's like, no, you didn't. Yeah. Fuck you. You think, you think I'm a fucking idiot out here? You think I'm some dumb rube? No, you didn't. Yeah. You were throwing a tennis gotta, ball against the wall for 45 minutes. You gotta at least put some nerd glasses on this guy. Right, yeah. I, I think nerd glasses might have made it work. Yeah, as dumb I as think it sounds. Right. No, no, actually, that makes sense. I think that that would have worked on him. Ben Affleck as the accountant is Jack Ryan. Who oh, says no. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> He's really writing a whole bunch of like Russian names of gamers on the wall. <laughs> He's very passionate about Tetris. Ask him about yeah, it. I yeah. dare you. <laughs> Summoning salt video just oh my god, it at you in real time. <laughs> I just love the idea of him like instead of falling asleep to heavy metal, he's falling asleep to do 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 do. Oh, what if he did the little dance? <laughs> that's what the movie's missing a fucking RRR style dancer he's just fucking doing that thing Cossack dance that's what they called it alright uh, a couple I was never going to get that but thank you it's okay uh, I do try so one of the things that I actually there are two scenes I really liked uh, first one is I actually enjoyed the White House Correspondence Dinner 
Uh, not just because of James Cromwell's really shitty jokes, like, wow, they really nailed, like, the president making jokes that suck ass, but the scene where, like, everyone's phone starts ringing and, you know, like, shit's getting real, I was like, oh, that's really cool, and then it's, like, immediately ruined with, like, a wine, with a wine glass tipping I was, over. I was gonna just, bring up the wine glass. Yeah, the wine it's glass so stupid. ruins everything, and it, it feels weird, like, I feel weird when I say that, because I, I sound like a film nerd, it's like, what, what's wrong with a wine glass? People are getting up fast, and it's... they're leaving. It, it's too maudlin. It's too dramatic. It's everything else is just like, wow, this is this seems like seriousness. And then I see the wine glass. It's like it feels like you're pandering to panic. You know, it, it's not even just that. It's that's the scene transition. Yeah. Like, oh, that too. It's yeah. it, it stands out because they want it to stand out. It's fucking stupid. And of all the it things, just that the one. Pavement. Yeah. <laughs> it would have been funnier if they did like the the fucking Ghostbusters thing where he like as he's leaving he wait I just always wanted to do it he pulls off the tablecloth <laughs> and the wine is still standing. Oh, now it's I kind of I almost prefer all the scene with the president and his guys because they're all just like dudes you've seen oh, on yeah. something on TNT your entire life. Yeah, apparently I most of these are from the, the Wire. I spent a lot of the start of this movie going. Why isn't any of these dudes Alec Baldwin? Because I didn't know Hunt for Red right, October yeah. was a Jack Ryan movie. <laughs> that would have been really funny, the idea that like Alec Baldwin got like, fucking demoted in one of these movies. <laughs> now I'm just the joint chief of staff. Yeah. <laughs> well, don't, don't worry about the continuity of this universe, because the guy that fucking buys the bomb from the, the Jawas mm-hmm. uh, is a CAA guy in the Chris Pine one. I was oh, like, wait, sure. I thought you were just like... Uh, that okay. would have fucked me up. It. That would have. Yeah, I was, I was like, already I was kind like, of fucked up sure because, that. like, I know that he has like this meteoric rise. Why did I say meteoric rise? It's like a contradiction in terms. He has this rise throughout all the books of like he's CIA analyst, then he's like Department of Defense, and then he's you know, president. Meteors actually blue. rise in China, Chris. It's just a lot of people don't know. Down. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, like, and then I see this, and it's like I, he's a desk jockey now. I thought he was like he had like a real job in in Hunt for Red October. He's like a real guy. And in this, he's just, like, sitting around. There's that stupid scene where he walks in without a coat and tie. That's not the Jack Ryan I read. I don't, I don't fucking know. So, the other scene oh, I He must like, have been out with a girl all night. This oh, guy is... Yeah. He's not like your old stuffy Jack Ryan. He, you I, kids I, are gonna <laughs> love this. <laughs> I like to skateboard. <laughs> all I can think of this entire movie is... You know, like I said, when I think of Tom Clancy in general, I just think of... Oh, cool, the Cold War, great. I'm sure my yeah, grandpa yeah. loves this. Yeah. And this is supposed to be like a younger, cooler take on it. And all I can think of is Ben Affleck's BFF, Matt Damon, being like, oh, you did a little spy movie? I'll take that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah uh-huh. Enjoy that, dickhead. And One mine. and done. Enjoy Gili, you prick. <laughs> They're all going to hate you in two years. Daredevil's two next, fucker. <laughs> oh, oh. Ooh, yeah. Daredevil, Geely, and the world hating him are not far behind. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, wow, yeah. being a spy is cool. You should do this more. <laughs> oh. oh, yeah. Uh, the other scene that I liked is the football scene before the nuke. Oh, so when they're at the uh, when they're at the Super Bowl, I guess the big oh. game. Yeah, yeah, the big game. Starting those fake ass jerseys. Uh, <laughs> it looks so stupid. <laughs> it seriously, it looks like a fake fucking sport too. Like I can't recognize the jersey. They they don't even look like real. Like obviously these are fake jerseys, but like usually you can design a jersey that looks like something real, and that's how you skirt the copyrights and stuff. But like 
It looks like fucking Blitzball. It looks like the fucking fake game that they played in Batman Beyond or whatever. It's like it's. I was gonna say Starship Troopers. Same thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like that all looks stupid. But what I liked is uh, he finally gets a call through to Epcot, and he's like, "No, you don't understand. The bomb is going to Baltimore." And I, I just like all the shots of all the different people in the crowd because that's probably what you would do. You'd realize, oh my god, all these people are going to die. Uh, Mr. President, you're most important. And he takes them away. I, I actually thought that was a really good shot and it, it really stuck with me. And then they nuke Baltimore. I think that whole scene is actually really well done. Oh, yeah. Because, like, again, uh, <laughs> this came out after 9-11, just sirens there, but right. the movie was done before that happened. Oh, yeah. So, uh, and apparently they didn't even change that much. Like, this is just such a great way to do it. Or you just see those lingering shots of everyone. You're like, I don't need to see the fucking disaster movie footage. Because you know, like, oh, all these people are about to be vaporized. Got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, I uh, don't think people would have been super excited to see that once this movie finally hit theaters anyway. So that was a happy accident. But yeah. I thought this was a really good scene. And also, uh, I'm going to go against Alex's point from earlier. This should have just been the end of the first act. Because the whole last hour of the movie feels super rushed. It really does, yeah. Like, there's a stupid scene in which uh, he's trying to use Morgan Freeman's uh, ID card to get in there. And it's like, beep, beep, beep. It's just not, like, working. And it was all, like, a, a, a fake, you know, like, something's going to happen there. I, I was like, really? That was, that was the best that you could do for this uh, almost climax? I, I thought it was really lame. Also, like, the actual climax itself. So he's, like, on the phone dictating uh, what he's saying to uh, that one guy. And he's he's sending it to both the, uh, the Ukrainian guy, or the Russian president, and he's sending it to the American president. And uh, he's saying, no, don't bomb each other. It wasn't you guys, it was some other guy. And I understand, you know, the sum of all of your fears of nuclear war led you to this decision, stuff like that. I know they're going to back down. I know it's going to be okay, because it's... It is a story, and if no one survives, then no one survived to tell it. And uh, I, I just kind of felt like there wasn't enough thrill in this thriller. God, some of all fears is such a good name, by the way. Yeah, it's look. I, I think the problem is, well, it's not necessarily the movie's fault. Uh, you can't make a good nuclear thriller. You just can't do it. Yeah, it's probably when the, when that's where the stakes are. It's like, all yeah. right, well, yeah, I, like you just said, I, and I don't think that you can really write the movie in a different way. Like, when I say I think the the nuke comes too early, I think it's because most of the stuff after the nuke is just, like, really uninteresting. And if I were making this movie, there would be more of the him and Liev Schreiber skulking around Siberia. Like, that mm-hmm. shit. Oh, like, I, oh I guess, probably, yeah. Like, give, give me more of that and less of, like, the bomb robot and, like, him having to drive through nuked Baltimore and almost crashing into a fire truck. Exactly. Like, I mean, like, once the nuke happens, everything everything that happens after nuke is significantly less interesting than a nuke. I, although that aircraft carrier does get the fuck blown up. It so, does. Uh, that's, we, got that, we got that, at least. Yeah. Like, that, that, that's, like, the one... I actually think, you know, despite knowing, having seen this before and knowing how it ends, that was like, I forgot that there's like another point of escalation after the nuke, which Mm -hmm. like, I think if you're to buy into the theory that it is possible that a disaster happens that kills all humanity, then like, that's a good like, oh, wait, maybe I have to take this seriously. Mm -hmm. But yeah, as we said before, the subject matter kind of takes it away. But I liked that they did that. Yeah. You know, maybe the book is better. I feel like most movies wouldn't. Yeah, maybe the book is better. I don't know. I don't really feel like chucking it out. I mean, all I know is that they made a video game for this. And uh, in the game, you don't play as Jack Ryan. Uh, Leo Schreiber, 
he just recruits a team to go out and hunt down the people who were responsible for the bomb incident, which that sounds be like a much better movie. Yeah. You're just playing a Ghost Recon FPS game going into Russia and the Ukraine and just shooting people. Didn't, sounds much better than, uh, I don't know, I hope I hope this girl in the hospital is okay. She did, had three lines earlier. Didn't Tom Clancy also make like Splinter Cell? Is that any good? Oh, yeah. I'm thinking about playing it. I don't know how it holds up. At the time, oh, that was yeah. fucking yeah. life-changing, but I... Yeah, I'm gonna give that a try. I like retro games. God, that is a retro game, huh? I mm-hmm. really hate that you said yeah, that. Yeah. I fucking hate that you said that. Isn't that from fucking like 2002? I'm gonna look that up. You guys got anything don't, else to say about? You don't the have movie? to look that up. <laughs> uh, uh, do I have anything else? I just think the the second half, yeah, it's it's super jam packed, but not like in the good way that you want. It just feels like too much happening all the time, but it's not particularly exciting because. Look, if you hadn't have just casually mentioned, oh, that's that movie where they nuke Baltimore, I would not have expected a nuke to hit American soil, period. Especially yeah, in a movie that's... from 2002. So that would have been, that was a, would have been a big shock. But I know, like, no one's firing nukes at the end of this movie. So yeah. you're just like, yeah. okay, let's... I'm sure at the last second, you two will... Oh, okay, you're posting at each other. You're saying, uh, Mr. President suck my balls and he's like oh, I withdraw my forces and you're like he can't say that <laughs> did he just say that it's, it's a lot of running these around. Russians can't be can't, I should get some fucking like police line do not cross just for my mouth that'll be my fucking Halloween costume <laughs> try censoring like, this guy this guy like, even like there's a scene like where Ben Affleck is just fighting some giant refrigerator sized dude in some Russian chain factory and you're like okay now we're talking and then yeah. that guy just gets arrested and you're like Okay. Yeah. He's fucking going Jack Bauer on him, and and, uh, the director's just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't see interrogation scenes. We don't want our Jack Ryan to murder anyone. It's like, yeah, no one wants to watch Did not read the pulse of the room in this country right now, my man. (laughs) Nice try. Yeah. They are out for blood. Yeah. Oh, well. Uh,. I mean, it's all. I think I give it three stars. Like, yeah, solid. that's about what I did. There's, a, it's basically solidly made. It's just uh, maybe I, agree, maybe I agree with Tom Clancy that did too many things wrong. <laughs> I just didn't grow up watching political thrillers. I mean, because I'm stupid. Like, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I'm, I don't know anything about my own country, much less world geopolitics. So, like, I shouldn't watch any of these. So, most of these first time watches, I'm like. Yeah, that was solid. That was a pretty good, like three stars. That's good. Well, these always just seem like the movies, even if you're into them, like. Yeah, I'll, I'll rent it when it comes to, like, Blockbuster. I'm not going to go, like, see it. Like, yeah. we're not going to go on a Saturday with the whole gang and go watch fucking Patriot games. But, like, yeah, my dad will rent it. It'll probably be mm-hmm. cool. He'll let me watch it. It's fine. I'll tell you this. Uh, Hunt for Red October is written in such a way that I didn't know any of this stuff. I don't work for the CIA yet. But, like, if you read it, you suddenly you feel like you have a basic understanding of how it all works. And I, that's enough to get you. I am excited to watch that. That's... Yeah. This is making me move it up the list behind my 45 assignments. Hunt for Red October is one of my favorite moments I've ever seen in any movie ever in which the people are speaking Russian and then they say one word that is the same in Russian as it is in English and from there they're speaking in English. And it was like, that's like your little transition point. I was like, oh my god, why hasn't anyone else ever done that? So I really like that moment. More people should steal that, honestly. Yeah. Uh, all right, uh, Alex. Are we doing the game of games, or you want to postpone that? Oh, hang on. One final oh. shout out to uh, oh, okay. when we get the close up of the guy emailing with his correspondent. Uh, the bad Russian guy had an escape address. Yeah. Shout yeah. out to that. Yep. Oh, <laughs> hey, there we go. Okay, Classic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
Three thirty in the fucking. <laughs> What I'm gonna do here is not tabulate the scores, although if you wanna if you wanna like spend points or whatever, you can do that. Like I'm just gonna hold the that until we have everything, but we can still draft for next week, so Absolutely we can. so Parker was the winner this week. His teams went five and three Ooh, with one left to play. Pretty good. Yeah. Uh Chris, your teams went five and four. At all nine of them played. And, uh... Huh. What, what yeah. does that mean? <laughs> well, uh, it appears that my teams went 4-4, four and four, which uh, is a worse record than 5-4. and four, So, I will pick first, Chris will be second, and Parker will be third. Jeez. Now, do you guys want to use up any of your thingies? Yeah, anything you're thinking about? Uh... I, you know what? Chris, we'll save it for a spectacular... I don't, I don't have any enough to fucking do anything. I only have right. one. I... I will let you borrow and credit at this point. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, you might have gone negative here, but also, like, it's not like these debts are going to carry over into next season. Right, so well, who fucking point. cares? Well, let, let Parker do it. Parker's playing something devious. All right. Well, uh, I have the first pick here. Also, like, I don't know when this fucking, when some of these football games are going to be. So It's all right. You know, like, we'll play it by ear. This isn't, you know, life or death or anything. So Yeah. I... Whopper. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll, uh, I'll go ahead and make the first pick here. I will take... Uh, shit. You're out, right? changing my mind here? No, just give me the 49ers. What am I doing? 49ers. I'll take the Chiefs. The Chiefs. All right. Yeah, two for Parker. See, because there's some that stand out, but also, like... Are these starters going to be playing? Good uh, that's the game, buddy. That's a... Uh... I hate doing this first round, but I know in my fucking heart what's going to happen here. Just why I'm taking the Packers, because I know <laughs> oh. good and fucking well yeah. how yeah. this ends. Yep. Mm -hmm. And then, uh... I'm going to say my commanders, because we better be resting some fucking starters or I'm going to lose my mind, dude. Get double well, points for that, right? You might, you might be, you might be getting Sam Howell this week. Ooh! Oh my god! I don't know what that is. Yeah, <laughs> he's the the fucking fifth round quarterback who only eats chicken tenders. <laughs> I would like to save this for the sixth round so I can get more points I... for my bargain. <laughs> Did you guys not know about the tendy? No, I remember I, that. I remember. I that. didn't have a name to it because I forgot that was him. My but, culture you know. is not a costume. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I'm just gonna run commanders. They should win this. Yeah. they have something to play for, and we. We shouldn't, but uh, yeah. boy, I, Mike McCarthy never ceased to let me down. All right, I'll take the Vikings. The Vikings. Vikings are favored by one and a half in Chicago, and I can't tell if it's because uh, they're not going to play their guys or if Vegas just thinks that they're only that much better than Chicago. <laughs> it's probably a little bit both. Because both are like equally possible. Yeah. All right, well, I'm going to take my Eagles call. Oh, double points. And I am also going to take the Cowboys because I know exactly what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that, I, there. that fat fuck is going to play everybody. Oh, There's for sure. ways that game can end and both piss me off to no end. <laughs> Our right. whole fucking D-line is like gassed and banged up. It's like, no, no, you don't understand. We might be able to maybe get a better seed. Sick, thanks. All right. Uh, I'm going to take the Bills because... 
you know, that's with our secondary as banged up as it is, there's no way they can cover Dix and et cetera. Um, oh, yeah, your team's definitely losing. Yeah. Oh, 100%. All right. Uh, hey, are the Bucks in the playoffs? They are in the playoffs, yes. How? All right. You, you think they're going to play Brady? <laughs> that's my real question here. I will abstain from answering. Actually, you know what? You, you, <laughs> you want me to tell you what the line on that game is? I sure do. Atlanta is favored by a touchdown. Ooh. So that should tell you all you need to know. Jesus. I'm going to stay away from that one for now. I'm going to take idea. my Baker boys against these shit-ass Seahawks. They suck, <laughs> and I hate them. They definitely do. I hate them so... I'm glad that everybody was mad at the same things I was mad at watching football on Sunday. That felt nice. Everyone was pissed at Sam Darnold. Everyone was pissed Dude, at the fucking Seahawks and I Jets. get it now. Like, I had zero stake, not a penny on that game. It is If I, I ever see fucking Sam Darnold in person... <laughs> I'm headbutting him. I just, I cannot put into words how many weeks in a row I've just been like, Tampa sucks. Give me whoever's playing against Tampa. This team cannot make the fucking playoffs. And yet. Yeah. And fucking yet. I hate them so much. Ah, One more for you, Barker. Oh, fuck it. The Steelers are going to find a way to get in the playoffs. Of course they are. Uh, Never any doubt. They're going to win, if nothing else. Uh, I'll take the Chargers. Taking the Chargers, who have nothing to play for. Yeah, but it's also uh, Broncos. Yeah, but it's, yeah, it is. Uh, yeah. That's, that, I mean, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> All right, give me. Like, what's the, this is. Okay, second one of these is going to be double points. Okay, let me. You know what? I'm going to be real bummed out if this team loses me a lot more on a multiplier. I'm just going to take them now. Give me the Lions first. Oh, I wanted them. Good, good pick. Man. And, and then I will take the Bengals as Damn my it. other one. Damn it. Shit. All right. Chris. Oh, jeez. Oh fuck! There was a two different team I wanted. That's fine. Uh, That's fine. They're not making it back to me. There's no fucking chance. I probably will. I don't fucking remember who's been playing. Well, here you can see him. No, 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 no. Oh, I don't like any of these. Uh. You know what? They're going to play for a better spot in the playoffs. I don't know if they've been eliminated yet. Uh, wait, no, I know they're in. Uh, they're going to fucking give it to them. Give me the Giants for double points. The biggest team in the NFL. Yeah. <laughs> 14 and a half point underdogs against the Eagles right now. <laughs> they can do it. <laughs> well, I want... I don't even like Teddy Bridgewater, but I fuck. I also fucking hate Mike White and that whole weak yeah. ass Jets yeah, locker room. I was thinking yeah, about maybe they would come back. Cowards, dude! Jesus Christ! Oh, fucking! Yeah. As if he's that much worse than Zach Wilson. Fucking! I it's it's yeah. I, I piss babies. I you know I I really needed to get that off my chest because I've been feeling that inside me for a couple months. Just absolutely tearing into that stupid Jets team felt so good. <laughs> Fuck them. As it just cuts back to a wide open receiver, the ball sailing <laughs> to his feet. Like, wow, we got this cool badass who rose to the occasion. Oh, Chris Strebler. Jesus Christ. I did like that fucking uh, Mac woke up and checked the box score and it was like, uh, oh yeah, I love Strebler. <laughs> sure, why not? I know who that is. Yeah. Oh my god, I don't remember which of these teams have anything yeah. to play for because I just checked out of the wild card race six yeah. weeks ago. Because I'm like, these three teams are gonna make it regardless. Fucking cares? None of this is real. 
Fuck it, Tampa. It's going to piss me off to know when <laughs> man. Garbage coach team. All right, Chris. I'll take the Colts. The Colts in the Colts versus Houston. <laughs> Jesus. What a good game. Stay <laughs> away. Yeah. For <laughs> now. All right. Take. All right, go ahead and take to Houston, man. I don't fucking... I'm going to take the Falcons first and foremost. And... <laughs> the Jaguars. I like that we didn't even give you an and last round. We yeah, just I know. Kept going. <laughs> I was just like, it's just taken for fucking granted. Just like a service. Right. Still some games that haven't been picked on either side. <laughs> Vikings, Bears. <laughs> Yeah. Oh no. The, wait, wait. No. The Vikings did get taken. Never mind. Yeah, uh, I thought I did that. Uh, nobody's picked this Carolina New Orleans game. <laughs> yeah. Give me the Saints. Give me the Saints. Okay. You want Sam Darsh? I want the Saints. That's. Lose these games real quick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a lot of options. <laughs> yeah. huh. So I have to take an opponent. <laughs> so I have to take a team. <laughs> I can't pass. I mean, looking at the teams that have been picked already. Like... You want to know who the biggest favorite still available is? Uh, yeah, please do. Sure. I think I know, but. It's I the have... Seahawks. Oh, never mind. I refuse to take the Panthers out of fucking spite. Like, Good. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> Last week right, I would have taken them, but I'm too fucking... You know what? <laughs> Fuck them. Let's fucking roll with Houston, baby. If it I would have done it if you chance. didn't. Oh, God. <laughs> Alright, so next week we have to see Megan and the world's largest team, the Fighting Titans with I don't know who's starting for them. Damn it. I was going to take them. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> That's alright. You got some other good options. You have yeah. numerous options. The Browns are the ones I'm going to go with. I would have done it if you didn't. Yeah. <laughs> I would have taken the massage terrorist right there oh. in a heartbeat. Oh. <laughs> Ooh. Right, let's see it. Let's see who we got left. Yeah, this, is what? Pick, this is what? This is pick 27, so we should have... <sighs> we have six teams left. Let's see no. what we got. Cool, All right, we got, we got the Raiders. We've got Baltimore. <laughs> <laughs> We've got the Patriots. <laughs> Chicago. The Jets. Denver. <laughs> And, and the Cardinals, and the Cardinals, oh. and Seattle. Seattle, we have eight teams left. Oh, we're at Seattle. Wait, right. we're, uh, well, you said Panthers, right? Yeah, Panthers are on there. Yeah. Oh, I did not mention the Panthers, did no. I? They're not taken, oh, right? Oh, my. The Panthers are available. Yeah. 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 Well, we don't have to take them, so. Yeah. Oh, this is, yeah, right. like, yeah, we, we don't have to. <laughs> well, I'm, hey, this is. Because yeah. this is the last pick. I, uh, I can't, uh, I can't believe I'm fucking doing this. Give me the Broncos. And <laughs> I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna take fucking bum ass Tyler Huntley. I'm not gonna do it. No, absolutely not. 
He just needs weapons. I... I've been saying it all season. <laughs> Alright, fuck it, fine. Seahawks. He did it. He did it, folks. Jets. Jets? Alright. Ooh. I was going to say, you give me a shit for that. You just took the Seahawks. <laughs> I I wasn't going to give you shit. Good I thought about it. And then I was like, I if I if I lose a six times multiplier with the fucking Jets, I'm going to kill Bark. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's just going to be dead. We're going to roll the dice on rest and starters. Give me my Raiders and pray. <laughs> well, so that, I mean, a quarter. That's a real possibility. I don't, I don't know what happens if this Buffalo-Cincinnati game doesn't get played. I mean, Same. obviously, there are more important yeah, things going yeah, on, but like, so. yeah, it's at this point, it's a good gamble. <laughs> Might as well. I mean, there's a chance. We'll take it. It's either that or the Patriots, so right? Like, yeah, yeah I'll take my that. Raiders. And also, <laughs> I'm gonna go back on my word. <laughs> I want to start my 2023 wrong. I want to put all of my chips in Sam Darnold's lap and tell him, <laughs> "Don't you." Fucking embarrass me again, piece of shit. Well, the good news you is you can trust him. Job. So he's, you know, he just needs a new team again. <laughs> Baltimore. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I give me the Ravens. I've. I I was gonna be really funny when the two undrafted teams are the Ravens and the Patriots. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. So who do I have? It's yeah, Arizona, Arizona, Chicago, and the Patriots. Yep. All right, give me the Bears. Fuck it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> if those are my options, that, that's actually not a bad option. Thing. You're gonna you're gonna end up with a fucking surplus of points. I already know it. It's, they, they're playing against Kirk Cousins. Anything could happen. Exactly. It gets uh. a little too cloudy. You're playing a whole new ball game. Mm-hmm. All right, tune in next week for the thrilling conclusion of the game of games. <laughs> <sighs> I was really hoping you'd do another round so I could get a free space. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would pass. Know. I would pass if they can take a fucking Arizona. Incorrect. <laughs> See what Shinra wants to say about that. Yeah. I should just auction off the last two. That would well, that would mean that would mean that I was taking the Bills and also the Patriots. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, your bets, right? Right. Yeah. Exactly. You what? know, just in case I play the both sides. Final week of the regular on season. The end of the regular game of games coinciding with. 2023's movie of the year. So far, the <laughs> highest grossing movie of 2023. Oh, that's gonna fuck me uh, up, man. <coughs> I'm so excited to see Megan, you guys. <laughs> and that's the tea, sis.